morning, living in the moment listeners, and welcome back. Can you believe we're more than halfway through December? I feel like I don't even remember this year, let alone last week. I hope over the past couple of months we've spent together, you've learned that we have some incredible people and incredible moment makers here at TLS. Today, we are kicking off a new series titled Celebrate Your Journey, where we're really going to get to know our moment makers. To start us off, we are joined by Zeynep. She is one of our team leads working with our Paul Davis and First On Site teams. We actually started working with TLS about a week apart from each other over a year ago. We've worked closely together and gotten to know each other quite well, and we've developed a great relationship along with Oriana, whom you met a few episodes ago. Zainab has a great deal of experience in customer service. She's made countless moments. She thrives in a catastrophic situation, or as we like to call them on the Paul Davis team, cats. And as she says herself, she's nurtured relationships with all moment makers on her team. She keeps morale high any day she's working and even when she's not. And we are certainly lucky to have her. Now let's celebrate Zainab's journey. Here is Living in the Moment. We're here to really dive into your own personal development and success or like how you feel that you've grown and and where you feel that you're successful um, and how you got there and how you can really apply all of your experiences to customer service and our customers and our people and um, everything you do day to day, especially in supporting our moment makers. So tell us a bit about yourself and, and your journey up until now, your past experience and then your experience with TLS. Just going back, I kind of always have been in customer service. So starting off in retail when I was in uh, college and then jumping from retail to retail job, depending on my schedule for school and then really getting into um, more career based jobs. So, for example, I worked at in daycare for quite a bit, which isn't really customer service, but it's you have the same qualities that you would need in both aspects. You have to deal with parents. Um, and that's a very delicate matter, especially with children. Um, and then going into uh, sales and customer service, and then finally getting to a position where I applied for Coca-Cola, where I was uh, an inside sales specialist, so really just dealing with customers on a daily basis and taking their orders, solving their problems. Um, I was in that role for about four months. Um, I joined a bunch of committees. So like we had um, an incentive committee, and then we had... Um, the one for decorating the whole office and keeping everyone involved. Sounds like my kind of committee. Yeah, definitely. It was called Juice. Juice? Yeah, because Coca-Cola has Minute Maid. <laughs> so it was the Juice Committee. Um, join us in creating excitement. I love that. Right? Um, so there was that. And then because I was so involved and I really kept on top of my KPIs and everything and made sure I was basically the top salesperson for those four months. But... I wanted to move up, so I got into, I applied for senior support specialist, and I got that, which is basically basically a team leader, so everyone comes to you with all the questions, any problems. Um, the only difference is you were dealing with, like, district sales managers, account managers, all across Canada, so distribution managers, so it was a lot of work. Um, but they sold their company, so I kind of left that because their environment got very unruly. And then I went into, I worked at Amazon for a bit, just as a part-time. I worked at a company for Roma Molding, uh, but I worked with like Ethan Allen and everyone, so it was 
companies that brought in $100,000 or more. And I basically handled all their issues. Um, and then finally I came, I applied for two jobs for work from home. One was TLS. Um, and then I met Barb and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Would you say it was a good decision? I, I think it was a great decision. <laughs> <laughs> and meeting Barb and having that one-on-one -on -one with Barb, it was, she kind of just attracted me like 10 times more. Um, so yeah, I started TLS, Moment Maker, on Paul Davis. Mm -hmm. And that's when I met you and Miriam and everyone. And I realized like this is the environment, like it was a very positive environment. Everyone was always joking. And then finally, um, yeah, I got team lead. So from here, I think I kind of, well, up until now was your question, but hopefully, you know, position opens up in management, I'll jump into there. So where would you want to go, like whether it's within TLS or just a goal, where do you want to be? So I'm kind of on the fence where I'm not really 100% sure. Like I want to go back to school at some point to do um, either registered nurse or physician assistant. But then I'm like, do I really want to go back into school and study? Probably not. So I really want to stick with TLS regardless of what I do, either if I go back to school or not. And it's because I love being at TLS. Or what's your, the field that has your interest? Any, literally anything. Like for me, I just need a challenge. So if something comes up and I think that that will be something that challenges me on a day-to-day basis and that's really what keeps me interested, um, I would go for it. Very cool. So with your retail was the beginning. Mm -hmm. Thinking about retail and then, I mean, like customer service has always been there, but retail into more on the support side, if you could tell that young Zany one thing what would it be in order to strive for success and achieve success? So I think I would tell myself, don't give up. Um, and the reason why is because old me would just get tired, get bored and be like, ah, screw it. Uh, and then look for a different opportunity. Whereas older me now is like, thinks that stick with it. Opportunities come up regardless. So as long as you stick with it, you give, uh, you're hardworking, you're motivated, you're dedicated to your job, opportunities will come and they, that's what will bring the challenging aspect of it. Um, retail is not challenging at all. But other than that, yeah, I would just tell myself, don't give up, you know, stick with it and opportunities will arise themselves. So if you have one of those days, like I'm very similar in that as soon as something becomes mundane or I'm complacent, I'm like, I'm just, there's no interest. So mm -hmm. when you have those days, because things do become routine and, and even like from my team lead experience, you have days that are just the exact same. Mm -hmm. And so what do you tell yourself or how do you get past those days to keep it challenging? So it's kind of what Miriam has drilled into my brain because I think Miriam has seen it as well, where on crazy days, I'm there, I'm present, I'm on top of it, uh, like when we have cats and everything. Um, but on the lesser side of the days, I'm just like somewhere in the shadow. I literally just find stuff to do now. Um, for example, if I want to keep an eye on first on site and want to make sure that, you know, it, it does get boring, especially first on site because it's, especially on weekends. So instead I, I would do majority of my QAs there or I will start listening into other moment makers calls just to make sure we're following process and everything. So I just give myself challenges. Like today I'm going to do this many QAs and that's really what has me going. Um, I'm not saying I meet all my goals, but 
I'm like slowly doing work my best to create a schedule and stick to it. Very good. Throughout your, throughout all of your experience, who are three people that have influenced you the most and why? So I think my dad is one of my biggest influences and that's because he came to Canada when he was 18. So with literally nothing. Um, and he started working in regular retail jobs um, in factories and et cetera. Then he went back, got married, came back, had four kids. Um, he would work morning shift. My mom would work night shift. My grandma would take care of us. So it was like he was never present, but he did all of that to raise his four kids and put them in the position they're in now. Um, so yeah, he would be my biggest motivation and someone I look up to on a daily basis because now he has his own, then he's created his own business from scratch. Um, and he's had that business for 35 years. So, and even to this day, he's always challenging us saying, do something, do something, you know, don't just sit down, learn more, go back to school for something else, take a course. So it's something he's always pushing us to do something. Um, he actually used to give us crossword books when we were three years old. So when he was working, we would sit in the back and be doing word searches, crosswords, uh, any puzzles. And that really pushed us to do good in school because I've aced every spelling test. Nice work. Yeah. So he's definitely one. Um, second would be my mom, obviously. And that's only because through thick and thin, she stuck by his side. They go to work every day together. They sleep together. They watch TV together. They wake up together. It's like ridiculous. Even <laughs> I get annoyed watching them. Um, but through thick and thin, like obviously we've had hard times, good times, bad times. She's been with them throughout all of it. Um, and as a support, she's never said, why don't we have this? Why don't, why can't we do this? She's always just taken with a grain of salt. Um, and she's a very humble, she's a very quiet person, but she's very humble. She's very, she never looks at negativity. And there's, in our family, there's a lot of negativity from extended family. And she's just lets it brush over her shoulder and moves on. So that she's another big motivation. Um, so my grandma is the type of person, so she was, grew up in Pakistan and was born in Pakistan. Um, she came here only to take care of us, um, me and my three siblings, uh, while my parents were at work. But she's really, because she was there since the day I was born until I was 14, she had every hand in like parenting me, probably more than my parents did. Um, and to this day, anyone that knows her will go back and say, she was an amazing woman. She's never done anything wrong. She's like perfection. Um, that's because she gave, even if that meant she didn't have anything. So back in Pakistan, for example, if somebody didn't have food or didn't have money, even if it was the last penny, she would give it. Um, so she was a very giving woman and she's never talked bad about anyone. Um, so she's really motivated me to kind of follow that. So your dad was very much do something, do something, kind of showed you a lot about success. Mm -hmm. Your mom and your grandma, what are the two main lessons that you take from them? So for my mom is always be humble, always be positive. Um, don't let other people's negativity or toxicity affect you. Um, obviously there's a lot of bad in the world, but you know, don't bring it into your own life and only have positive outlooks about everything. Um, and my grandma is, the biggest thing she taught me is giving. So she's always told me the more you give, the more you'll get. Um, 
And it's not a thing about being greedy and get as much as you want. It's like you'll get all this amount if I give it to you. Um, it was more of, even if it's the last penny, if someone needs help, help them. I like that. We, um, a few weeks ago, there was an episode with Mary Manana and they were talking about giving back and, mm -hmm. and they said the, their motivation to give back is it brings them joy. So we've coined this like selfishly selfless, basically, because yeah. you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, your development within TLS, you, we started as moment makers around the same time. You've come to be a team lead for two of our brands, not one people, but two. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say is the key to that success? So to be honest, I think it's not just something I've done, it's also my team. Everyone has always been so like empathetic and personable and it's like I would come in and I would have the best time just even in chat, even though the work was there. Um, in between the interaction, I would always be laughing throughout the day. Um, and I think you and Oriana were one of like the bigger part of that where you guys were always there every time I worked or majority of the shifts and it just, we created that bond and I just wanted to come in just so I could see you guys. So I think you guys are one of the main part of my, like you were a key to my success because you made me want to come into work. Other than that, like it was just working hard, showing up, um, being reliable, just making moments really because I would want to get onto that call and I would want to, you know, be able to hit that moment made button and make someone's day rather than if someone's facing, for example, a fire loss and they just burned, had their whole house burned down. Just being able to be able to speak to that person and being an open ear for them. Um, I think that really is what pushed me into um, doing better. And then, oh, like I said, I always like challenges. So every single call was different. You never knew what you were going to get. It could be a complaint. It could be uh, someone's house is flooded, someone's house is burned down. Um, so you never really knew what you were going to get, which really challenged me and what just made me want to keep going to see what else came. Fair enough. So thinking about the challenges and um, how you like to keep yourself like busy and you're a very, from what I experience, you're a very go, go, go person. So what, what is it um, that keeps you kind of go, go, go and doesn't stress you out or doesn't um, crumble you during a cat, for example? So I think when there's chaos, I, I get stressed. I'm not going to say I don't or I get like things get to me, but I don't let just because it gets to me, it doesn't mean it's going to stop me. Um, so even though I feel the stress that like, oh, my God, there's a million things to do. I really just take that as a motivator, like, well, there's a million things to do. So let's just get them done. I wouldn't say like stress or anything holds me back. But for me, when I see, let's say, 100 things are sitting there, you know, one at a time, just get through it and just keep pushing, keep pushing until it's completed. It's so strange because I'm I'm the op I'm the same, but I'm also the very opposite. If I see 100 things sitting there, I'll be overwhelmed and feel like the walls are closing in. Like it's really difficult for yeah. me to look at a hundred things because I need it in order. Mm -hmm. But it's really easy for me to support people in getting through a hundred things. Yeah. Like I can't do it myself whatsoever. Yeah. I'll panic. But uh, to sit there with a team and say, hey, we're going to all do this together. We're going to take it one at a time. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like they inspire me, I guess, in turn. Yeah, basically. And that's really, it, it, it is what it is. For me, it's, I, I don't want, so even though I'm a team lead, I don't want the moment makers to be doing all the work. Um, it's kind of why, like previously, I've matched all my skills with them. So I was 
I wasn't just sitting back and letting them take majority of the interaction. I would be getting them as well. And it's because I don't want them to deal or feel like, you know, we're doing all the work. What's the team lead doing? Um, so I really like to, especially during a cat and everything, they're overwhelmed. Um, they're in the queue. They're taking back-to-back -back calls. They're basically drowning in it. So for me, I see that as a motivator, like, hey, they're doing it. Why am I sitting back and just supporting or not on the queue? So that's really why they kind of motivate me to jump in and do better. Because if I'm able to lead them better, um, I have to lead by example, obviously. And that's a perfect segue. So we always say around here, once a moment maker, always a moment maker. So what does being a moment maker mean to you? Both like what it means to you and your purpose and also what is it to be a moment maker? That's a great question. <laughs> For me to be a moment maker, it's mainly, you know, it's what it is, like make moments. So being able to be the front line of a restoration company that's dealing with, people are dealing with horrendous things um, and being able to, you know, crack a smile with them um, or be a listening ear, being empathetic. Um, and you're really, in between them, their family and the insurance company, you really are the only person they're gonna rant about this to, <laughs> right? So it's, it's just being able to be there for people in their time of need. Um, and for me, like, so that's a big part of uh, making a moment for me or being a moment maker, um, because if you're able to do go above and beyond, next time they have anything, they'll think Paul Davis or first on site because they're able to bring that personal connection to it. Um, but away from business, uh, personally making a moment is the same thing, you know, being there for someone, uh, being able to bring happiness or joy and probably be like the light at the end of the tunnel for them. It's always interesting to, we kind of get the same theme mm -hmm. of an answer of it's like, it's about engaging. It's about trying to make an impact, but everyone says it so differently that that's that genuine piece of, we may all be striving for the same thing, but we all approach it very differently. Yeah. And it's very personal to us. I like that. What's your biggest success so far? And if you can't think of your biggest success, what's been a highlight along the road? I think my biggest success at TLS um, is being able to lead a team, but also have a very, very personal connection with everyone on my team. Um, I can say for sure for first on site, everyone on my team can come to me with anything um, and they know it's a, it's an open door policy. So they can come to me to complain. They can come to me to rant. They can tell me their frustrations. They can tell me if they have a problem, but they don't have any um, restriction in their mind saying like, oh, you know, I can't go to Zena with this because they know that I'll be all listen. If they tell me not to say anything, you know, their secret's safe with me, but at least I have an open door for them that they can come to. And I think that is a big success for me because I think virtually it's a little bit different where I can sound very direct and et cetera, but that's not really me as a person. Um, so being able to virtually, these people can see that, you know what, yeah. they, can, they can really come to me with anything and chat to me about anything. And I will sit there, I will listen to their problems and I will do my best to find a solution for them or at least be an open ear for them. Um, I think that would be my biggest success. And then in turn, what's been your biggest learning opportunity or what's contributed to where you are today? 
I think being, actually, my first interview as a team lead okay. that I did not get was probably my, my biggest learning opportunity. And it's because I asked for honest feedback as to you know why I didn't get the position uh, the first time I applied. And you know, Miriam and Anna really did come back with, with honest feedback. And I think that was my biggest learning opportunity because for me, I didn't see myself that way. But looking back into the conversation I had during the interview, it was, I could see how somebody else would portray it differently. I kind of, that was a big opportunity because it really helped me in my um, leadership skills because at previous leadership jobs, like at Coca-Cola, they didn't care as long as, you know, the work was done. People were doing what they needed to do. They were following process. And it was a numbers game. Exactly. It was, they were mainly based on numbers. Um, but here it's more based on people. So that was a big change for me. And I think the feedback that I got really helped me and, you know, they walked me through some stuff and I asked questions, you know, what about this? What about that? So together, you know, they really helped shape me and build those leadership skills that I needed to apply again for the team lead role. And this time I got it because I came out more genuine because I worked on everything. So we have we have a new moment maker. This moment maker has never been in customer service. Um, this is completely hypothetical. What's the one piece of advice that you would give to them? for their first interaction or their first day on their own or just walking through the door even? Well, I actually have a moment maker like that. Oh. Um, I don't know if I should name her. Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> but I have a moment maker on first on site who's never been in customer service. She was a, well now she'll know because I'm gonna tell her career, but she worked in a nursing home for majority of her career, never been in customer service, especially on the phones. Um, and I think the biggest advice I gave to her was relax, you know, take a deep breath, smile before your interaction, because that really shows on a call. If you don't, like, we don't want to sound like a robot. It's a very personal conversation you're having. You know, they're going through a hard time. You want to try personalizing it and have genuine empathy and everything. Um, so I think the biggest advice I gave her was relax, you know, take a deep breath, smile before the interaction. Um, and just remember you're speaking to a person. So you want to be as personable as you can. I, I believe like following the script sometimes can be sound very robotic. So really learning how to create a personal touch. And that's really what I wanted. So I, I told her, be yourself. So what's been thinking, this could be TLS, this could be just in any workday. What has been your hardest workday? To memory. Um, so PTSD would be the Texas freeze. I think that was <laughs> my hardest work day. Well, probably was a work month, work week, two weeks. Can't even remember now. It was a solid week of pure crazy. And then it was a week of... Remnant. Yeah, the aftermath. Yeah. Still crazy, but not as... So I think we had consecutively for four days, 900 items in the queue. We did break a thousand. We did break a thousand. I I would like to leave it at nine hundred. <laughs> <Just feel better. laughs> Just to make myself feel better, yeah. Um, that was probably my hardest work day because moment makers were back to back interactions, which means back to back questions. Mm -hmm. um, so dealing with that, dealing with other problems, dealing with carriers and offices saying you know they can or cannot do something because they're at capacity, um, while also trying to still make that. Um, 
those customers and those callers get the help they needed because obviously I think the hardest day for me was like the second day of the Texas freeze because I got an older lady on the phone who was in a wheelchair um, that was motorized but the motor broke and she was stuck in the water she couldn't leave her husband was 98 couldn't pick her up and I was that was like my breaking point where oh my god this is a rough day um, but yeah that would be my biggest and what did you tell yourself to get through it what did I tell myself? So for me, it's I get anxiety when I see more than like three things waiting in the queue. Yeah, I think just from like seeing how many things need to be done, it was just like, go, 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 go. And then I had other people throw things at me. At that point, I was just like, you know what needs to happen? Because I know all these people are suffering and like, you know, their their homes. Some people lost their whole homes. So it was just like, you know what, let's just make moments. So then on the other side of that, what's been your favorite day that you can that like the first one that comes to mind there's probably several but my favorite day I think my favorite day was when you me and Oriana made a group chat and then we've been friends ever since <laughs> that was my favorite day because that's when I really connected with well I connected with you anyways but I connected with Oriana at another level at that point where now I can say you guys are like my best friend at work Aww. I know it's at work that was probably my favorite day. So the way that I like to close out all of these is uh, by asking the question of what's one thing that you try, and the key word is try, to do in your personal and or professional life to live in the moment. So I try to meditate and I try to think about live in the present rather than in the past or future. Very hard for me because I'm an overthinker, but that is something I've, I have been trying to do. Basically, live in the now. Um, well, live in the moment, I guess. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean. So I, I've really just, just been not trying to, you know, regret my past or think about my past and what I could have changed to get in a better position or be a better set in life. Um, and I don't like to stress myself about the future because what's going to happen is going to happen. It, it really depends on what I do right now. That's going to shape it. Um, so that's, I think, my biggest, my, what I'm trying, how I'm trying to live in the moment. <laughs> I'm the same way, overthinker. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Of course. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. You too. <laughs> She's so much fun. And we had a lot of fun recording that and reminiscing. I am so excited for this series and to introduce you to the people that make TLS what we are and who we are. Stay tuned for many, many more celebrations of our journeys. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you all the happiest of holidays and we'll see you next week. Sometimes you need someone there for support. Sometimes